Let's ride. Shout out to Ben Simmons. Who else had a number 25 that was good? Um, Nick Anderson, Orlando Magic back in the day. Shout out to Nick Anderson. We live in a fucked up world, man. As I as I go through life as a normal human being, as a law-abiding citizen, as I try to be, just paying attention to the news can be a headache, man. There's a lot of a lot of fucked up things going on right now, and you 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 really realize it's bad. When for like the second or third time, there's been, you know, news of a country attacking their own people. Now, I don't know the ins and outs, but, you know, rest in peace to everybody who was out there caught up in that in Syria. I think that's terrible, man. Anytime a, a country is, you know, uh, accused of attacking their own people, that's a terrible state of affairs. Because you, you have to think what drives a country or a leader to do that to people in this own country. Now, I want to understand some, there's some things around that as far as a resistance group that may be causing some trouble inside the country. But, damn, gassing people, man, that's, you're going a little bit too far. That that would make me think that you don't have any type of an investigative uh, authority or unit or faction out there that can go maybe parlay with these people. Diplomacy just out of the question. You're going to gas everybody over there? Just because there's a few people out there making mistakes, you're killing your own citizens, making yourself look like shit in the, you know the public eye, and it may not be him. He may be telling Assad may be telling the truth, but that's not the way it's looked, or at least that's not the way it's being portrayed in the American, or I'll say Western media. I can't speak for anywhere else. I don't live no goddamn where else. I'm just telling you what I see, and I think it's shameful, and I think it's sad. Regardless of who's doing it, I think it's a terrible situation. Because now you have other countries getting involved with bombing them, airstrikes and all that. The U.S. being one of them. I think uh, the U.K. and France as well. And we'll see how it plays out because of their ties to Russia. And we'll just see, man. It's it's crazy to, to think that this is happening right now. With all the advances, with all the technology, we still got to rain down missiles on people. There's no diplomacy. All, of, all the ways to communicate and talk to one another, figure shit out. There's still a reason for a country to potentially harm their own citizens and for other countries to intervene. It looks bad, in a nutshell. It looks bad globally with the fucking trade wars, this shit. And then you got books coming out. Books coming out, um, I want to, what's the word, insinuating? Maybe insinuating or incriminating people of ridiculous acts. And when you're the head of a country, it looks bad when somebody who you fired writes a book where you may or may not have been in Russia and you may or may not have been paying prostitutes to urinate on one another. I don't know. Don't shoot the messenger, but that boy Comey is not fucking off. And he's writing a book based on 
what he's heard and what he's seen throughout his tenure working in D.C. And I tell you, man, like the best TV, it's not on ABC. It's not on the regular Fox channel. It's not on NBC. That shit's on fucking CNN, Fox News, HLN, wherever else you get your news. That That's that's where the entertainment's at. I know there's a show called Scandal, but the real thing got them beat by a mile right now or what's going on, I guess. I don't watch it, but I'm just saying. The, sh- the amount of shit that's coming out, every it's just like back-to-back. If it's not a porn star or some form of Playboy model, it's something with Russia, it's... It's, it's the stock market. It's relations in, in over in Asia. Like, this shit is just nonstop. And that, to me, makes me feel like everything I thought about this individual is, is correct. This person's an attention whore. You've gone out your way for so long to get attention that now people just give it to you. You are a walking, talking bullshit magnet even at your best which I don't think has been seen yet even at your best you're going to attract negative news because that's what you do it's like a, the political equivalent of a Kardashian no matter what you do everything you do will be scrutinized and shit upon so even any of the good that you try to accomplish is going to be overshadowed by the bullshit you've done in the past and continue to do. Your continued presence in the negative light is going to far overshadow everything you ever did that was positive. And when you're an individual with that much power, that doesn't make sense to me. You have to have somebody around you making sure shit like this doesn't happen. So I understand if your lawyer paid 130 grand to somebody to try to save your name, but that that should have never got out. Well, one, you should have never did the shit. That's how you fix that. Don't do stupid shit, especially as a high-profile celebrity. And two, if you're going to try to cover it up, make sure you got a fucking wool blanket to cover that shit up with because what you got going right now isn't working. And that's how we begin this podcast. We're just with stupidity and bullshit. And it's sad, man. What, what's the other story? Another dumbass story that I caught like just today. Two black guys were arrested in Philadelphia for not leaving the Starbucks. Now, apparently, they were there waiting on a friend. But the witnesses, like they, they weren't doing anything. They weren't bothering anybody. I guess the employees at Starbucks were asking them to leave. And they didn't want to leave because they felt like they were wrongly being told to leave the premises, and it led to them getting arrested. Now, the the owner of Starbucks came out and basically said, this is bullshit. There were no charges pressed, but the fact that they had to go through this shit is wrong. Now, I feel like this. At some point, you got to learn to pick your battles. And that that may be a battle. I may have walked away from that. And I I know I I could be stubborn, but in that situation, like, I just don't know. With the climate of what's going on between black males and the police, I know that something I do could be perceived as, can be perceived as a threat, and I'm not trying to put myself in a fucked up situation. I got a family, and I need to be able to get home to my to my wife and my baby. So, proving my point is not above me being a provider. So I may, hopefully, I I would have had a clear enough head to 
to see that situation for what it is and just leave it alone. Like, maybe I just won't spend my money at that Starbucks no more. Maybe I'll just do that. That's, that's just how I handle that. I'll let people know, hey, they in there, those people in there are fucked up. Somebody on that ship is fucked up. Because in a situation like that, it's hard to blame a whole company. It's hard to blame a whole company if it was like a isolated incident in a particular city at a particular at a particular store. Now, if this was happening like nationwide, then I can see people saying like, oh, I'm not fucking with Starbucks no more. I hate Starbucks. They're racist, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, in my experience, I've seen plenty of people of color working at Starbucks. There's never been a situation that affected me that made me feel like they're a racist company. So if you want to boycott Starbucks because you feel like, hey, that was racist, they did this in Philadelphia, and you live in Chula Vista or San Diego, California, please, by all means, boycott and get your ass out the way so I can get my order just a little bit faster. This ain't, this ain't the same thing as the H&M situation. Well, that was like a huge company decision to put that dumbass ad out there. This was an employees on a shift, some employees on a certain shift that made a bad decision that caused a bigger rift than it should have been. And now you have a story about people getting kicked out and the, the cops coming in and arresting them and shit. It, it, it sucks. It's terrible. But is it that big of a deal? No, not really. And I don't even, honestly, I don't even know the race of the people who called the police. I didn't look at, I, looked, I didn't look that far into it because to me it's not that big of a deal. That's one or two people making a stupid decision and then having a big effect. But if you look beyond the headline and, or whatever, you'll realize that it's just one person making that decision, not the company as a whole. And that's some shit I could easily overlook. But I figured I'd just give it to y'all and give you my perspective on it. So if you don't, if you see it before, after you hear this, you don't blow up and like, oh, it's something crazy. It's a whole company conspiracy. That's not what it is. Some asshole made a bad decision, and now the company's paying for it with bad PR. That's exactly what it is. And that's pretty That's that's pretty much it with that, with the regular news. I did, uh, my wife did put me on the one story, a sad story. Unfortunately, there was a young man who passed away. S somehow, this guy was in, I think he was in Cincinnati, Ohio, like 16 years old. He was outside of his school. And he got trapped inside his van. Somehow he got trapped under the cushion. I don't know if he was like, hey, I got I got to school or something early. I'm going to go in my van and go to sleep. And he laid it on the floor or something. But he couldn't he couldn't get to his phone to call the police. He had to use like a voice control or something to call the police because he couldn't reach his phone. And he called the police twice. And they couldn't, I guess they couldn't get the make or model of the car the first time around. And they couldn't get to him. And then the... The second time he gave him the make and model of the car, but that somehow was not given to the police by the dispatcher. And this guy's father ended up finding him dead in their car like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he had called, I think, at like 10 in the morning. That's a fucked up way to go out. That's really terrible. I don't know why he was in there. I don't know what he was doing. But that's just really sad. I feel for his family having to go through that. Like, you going, you... You go in your car doing any number of things. Real quick, you may sit there for, you know, an extended part of time. I do a podcast for my car, which I'm doing right now. And I never felt like I was going to die in my car. So for him to go out that way, I think it's crazy. And I think that you just never know where you're going to go. You never know. Like, he could have never predicted he was going to go that way. And I think the fact that that did not, the information that was needed didn't get relayed to the cops that's crazy. They ended up putting the dispatch on it on um 
administrative leave. But I, I'm, I got a feeling there's going to be a deep investigation in, into this because for something that, a piece of information that value to be left out when the guy, when the kid gave his location, I don't know how they couldn't get the location from the phone because according to the ID channel, in first 48, you could pull a number off the phone and figure out where a motherfucker was. I just don't know how long that takes, but that's that's terrible, man. That's really, really awful. I'm sad for that young man and his family, but, I mean, life goes on. Lesson learned, man. Uh, be careful in your car when you're alone. Let people know where you're going because you never know. You never know what could happen, man. Well, I think that's it, man. I think that's it for news, and I'm glad because that was a bunch of craziness. I think I'm going to roll, well, I got a bit of sporting news. <laughs> Bumani Jones, who's on the show at ESPN with the, with the guy Dan Levitard and his father with a really thick Cuban accent. I forgot the name of the show. I know they ask a bunch of questions. I, I feel like a jerk for not knowing. But Bumani Jones is a black sports journalist who's pretty outspoken. And recently, he wore a shirt, like a... um. I'm trying to remember the exact word I'm thinking of, but I'll say it's like a play on the logo for the Cleveland Indians, except it had a white person on there with blonde hair and like a collared shirt. And if you know the Cleveland Indians logo, instead of that feather, it had the dollar sign in there. And this is basically saying, if you don't like this, imagine how Native Americans feel when they're used as logos. And that, that, uh, that's a, it's a touchy subject. It is, but it isn't. Like it's, it seems right that you know what, that's fucked up that they're being used in a logo like that. Let's change it. Like I don't see an issue with having the um. The names, I mean, except for like Redskins, but I, I can see how that would piss a lot of people off. But that that logo is crazy. I think if you, if you have, the name of a Native American tribe or nation. As your, you know, as your trademark, as your logo, whatever. I think that's cool as long as the logo doesn't reflect them poorly. If they're Braves and they don't look crazy, fine. If they're Cherokees, fine. Like, I'm a Florida State Seminole fan. And the only issue I have with Florida State is that the person that rides on um, the horse in the beginning of the games doesn't look like a Native American, but maybe there's not a lot of Native Americans going to that school. I guess that, that makes sense to me. I wish it. I wish it was just you know to make it feel like you at least honoring them. But I don't know that man's bloodline. I'll say that. But the Indians logo is is cartoonish and it, it's fucked up. If you really think of it and look at it as a person, because I know if you live in a certain area, you may not see Native Americans. You may have never seen a Native American in your life. Because because far as I know, a lot of them live on the reservations mostly in the west in the more rural area so i have not come across a reservation i have come across native people but not nearly not i would say not more than 10 that i know of i'll say that so i could see how a segment of our society can feel one outcasted and then two looked over and three disrespected by these logos that have been in effect for a long time and they've been calling for these to change but they haven't really been heard they haven't they're their cries haven't been heard. Their anger hasn't been felt because if it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect you. You don't think about it. You don't care about it. You look past it. But I can understand where they're coming from, seeing the way that black people have been depicted in cartoons and TV shows and sh movies and shit like that. So I feel how they're coming, where they're coming from when they see their likeness being used. 
in a way they don't appreciate. I've seen Aborigines in Australia sit outside of a store and beg for money and I walk in the store in Australia and they're selling figurines of the likeness of the person sitting outside the store. So I've, I can understand how somebody would feel a certain type of way about it. You're poor, fucked up, begging for money, but people are using your likeness to gain income or as a logo for their company. That's got to be frustrating. So what Bumani Jones did was wear the shirt with the Caucasian cat on there. And I saw a little bit on Facebook. Some people said it was funny when I shared it to my page. White people said, I, I think it's fucking funny. But other people weren't so agreeable and they got pissed off. And it's like, good. Now you feel how other people feel. Now you can feel how it, now you can see how it feels to be put in a likeness that doesn't actually represent you. But what people think you are, what people think about you, now you got to face it. And people didn't appreciate that shit. So some people got a taste of their own medicine. And others just kind of understood. Oh, shit. Um, back to tragic news. Sorry. I didn't mean to spring this on y'all. I just I looked at my, my notes that are really unorganized. And I had something else. So there's four teens that threw rocks and sandbags over an interstate overpass that killed a black guy. And they will not be going to jail. Instead, they will be sent to treatment. What treatment is there for badass kids? Are you going to send them to therapy because they killed a guy? And then they get off scot-free? Or are you going to send them to therapy because they were just badass kids? They don't value life. They don't think. What, what does that do? What does that show people? That you can, you can hurl rocks and sa like sandbags. A big-ass sandbag over an interstate overpass. Kill a motherfucker, and you just got to go get treatment. That's it. That's your only punishment. You have to go get treatment. You need to lock these people the fuck up. Set a precedent. Make people... I want everybody to feel the way black people do when they get arrested. And I say Latinos, too. I want you to feel like you got to fear for your life or the worst possible sentence is coming down. So maybe people stop doing dumb shit. If, if they felt like a 16-year-old black boy felt about... The possibility of them going to jail for a long amount of time for them breaking the law, I guarantee they wouldn't have done that shit. I guarantee they wouldn't have done that shit. Because they were, I'm, a, I'm going to assume they were middle class white kids, because I know poor white kids get fucked with too by the police in areas where there's no minorities. They get the business too. But for, for them to walk on some shit like that, that's crazy. There's no treatment that can handle that. You, you are being reckless. You are being, you are showing intent. Your intent is to, at the least, cause damage to somebody's private property. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you throw a heavy object onto a moving fucking car on the interstate, bro? It's not like they're going through a residential neighborhood. This is an interstate where you know people are driving fast. So your intent had to be to create chaos on the interstate, which could cause a pileup. And to be honest, they're lucky they only killed one person. But they get, they're going to get treatment. That's what they get. They're going to get treatment for that. Could you imagine my black ass at 16 years old throwing some shit over an overpass? Man, I'd, I'd still been in fucking jail. That is crazy to me. And I I just, I believe that just because of the way people that look like me have been treated since I've been alive at least. And from everything I've seen in the past and then going forward, you see these gigantic sentences coming down. It's like, come on, man. Show me something, man. Show me, show me something that makes it feel like we're equal or we're valued the same in this country. Because I just keep finding shit. You throw a fucking sandbag over the overpass. What'd you expect was going to happen? You didn't expect some fucking flowers to grow. You knew you were going to harm people doing that shit. 
but you're going to get treatment. They should let people throw sandbags at your motherfucking and make you drive down the freeway and have this family throw sandbags at your car until you crash. Ignorant son of a bitch, man. God damn, they made me mad. I'm sorry I got I went in about that, but that shit, just, just think about that makes me mad. You consciously stood on the overpass and threw shit over, and you're not going to jail. Come on, man. <sighs> All right. I'm going to try to calm down. Try to calm down. I'm going to talk uh, sports to you guys real quick. So, I've been watching the playoffs, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> was I wrong about a couple of games. Like I figured the Philadelphia 76ers and Miami Heat would be a better game than it was, but it was not. Philly was fucking dominant. I don't know why I thought that Miami could hang with them. Philly has too many weapons, and they share the ball too well. Them boys are basically out there playing Euro ball. You got a 6'9", 6'10 point guard. You got shooters all over the floor. If you look at it, they got like almost that Cleveland model going on. You got the big guy handling the ball. He can go in and gut you every now and again. And then you got shooters everywhere. He's surrounded by shooters. Sarek, Reddick, Covington. Um, what's the other fucking guy? I can't remember the guy's name. And B, when he's on the floor, can step out to three. And all this guy's got to do is move the ball. Boom, boom, boom. Iliasova, Bellinelli. I mean, they got European players. They're playing international basketball right now. That's what they're doing. They got the Euro ball version of Cleveland, which may be exactly the same thing. I may not be enough of a basketball wish to know, but that's ex what it looks like exactly what they're doing. And I'm just like, man, if you're a 76ers fan, you got to be excited. Fultz is coming back off the bench. Ben Simmons is hitting his stride. Hopefully Embiid can stay healthy. And the rest of the guys are developing, man. It's, it, look, it looks scary for the future. It looks really scary. I'm interested to see how far they go. And I think it would be cool if they made it to the second round, even though I would like to see D-Wade do something in, in what may be his last playoff run. Who knows? Still, Philly looks good, man. They look real good. And I think they're going to continue to blossom and mature and play well together. Also, that uh, Celtics-Bucks, uh, that series is going to be dope. I watched. I caught the last little bit of the game today, and just that fourth quarter was crazy. And people got um, they got Terrence Rozier fucked up. That boy needed to be somewhere starting. Like I know Kyrie's the guy there and everything like that, but that boy T Rozier needs to be somewhere starting. I think he's dope. And I think the only reason he's not starting is because Kyrie was there, and Isaiah Thomas was there, and Marcus Smart was there. But I think he's a really good point guard. I don't know how long he's gonna stay there. For Boston's sake, for, for basketball's sake, I think he should because with that rotation, they got a better chance to win and get to the finals when everybody's healthy. But as somebody who don't give a shit about the Celtics, he needs to go somewhere else. Maybe Chicago. I don't know. I'd like to see him in the Bulls jersey. Come on over. We need you. Fuck the draft. We trade for this guy. He wants to start. He's hungry. NBA experience, been in the Eastern Conference Finals. We need that guy on the Bulls. Why y'all over there tanking this shit? But, yeah, that was a great game. He hit, a, he hit the go-ahead three, but then, unfortunately, Chris Middleton knocked down the three from, like, 50, 50, 50 fucking feet away from damn near half court, knocked down the three. But then, you know, in overtime, Boston was too much, ended up winning the game, but it was still pretty entertaining. So I, I, I was surprised by how good that game was. I don't know why. They, they probably have two of the – well, the East, the East right now is looking good. They have – Really solid teams. They don't have like the big superstar names, but they got four really solid teams being Philly, 
um, Boston, fuck, Milwaukee, and um, Indiana, who smacked the shit out of Cleveland today. That shit, I didn't, that shit was crazy. I did not expect, um, actually, I, I thought it was possible because they kind of watched Cleveland all season long, but I'm thinking I'm going to see playoff LeBron out the gate. I did, I, I saw that, I did see it, but they, they just didn't have enough. And I'm putting this loss on LeBron because even though he had a triple-double, you got, you got to change up, bro. And this is why I can't, I can't put him in that Kobe Jordan conversation. I can't, and I won't do it. This is a part of my frustration with LeBron. I get that he's a natural passer and distributor, and that's how he loves to play the game. But the frustrating part for me is that with that ability to score, that he doesn't take over games, that triple-double is fucking fantastic. That's cool. You get your 20th or 21st playoff triple-double for your career. Cool story. Did you win the fucking game? Dear LeBron, some days you don't need a triple-double. Some days you got to put up 40 because that that loss is only giving an Indiana team more and more confidence. And Indiana ain't no, they ain't no bitch. They got a beast inside of Miles Turner. They got a bully inside of Trevor Booker. They got a three that can spread the floor and spray you all day long. And uh, Bohan Bogdanovich. They got Lance Stevenson, who's a monster during the playoffs. He may only score 10, 11, 12 points, but those points are big fucking points just because of the emotional component he brings to whatever team he plays on. Especially when he's in Indiana, which he's at where he's at, and he's doing well. And then you got Oladipo, who's been a scoring machine all season. Oladipo was on people's ass. People forget he's like a college basketball player of the year, plays good defense. People forget how good Oladipo was. He had some, he was down in Orlando with a team that was developing and wasn't that good. Then he went out to OKC, OKC with Westbrook, who dominates the ball. Now that he has a chance to have the ball in his hand, people have seen what Oladipo could do. And he was out there balling. He dropped 32 on them boys today. Wide open shots. Now, if Cleveland hits those shots, then, you know, Cleveland hits, if the Cleveland hits those wide open shots, because LeBron, to his credit, was getting the people the ball. Like I said, I love his game. He was getting people the ball. The thing is, they weren't knocking down their shots. This is a lot of those guys, I think maybe first or second time, getting a taste of the playoffs. I know for Jordan Clarkson it probably is and Larry Ness Jr. But when your guys that you're dependent on to get the to get the buckets aren't getting the buckets, that you gotta cut on. LeBron, you gotta be you gotta be LeBron LeBron. You gotta go to the basket, play bully ball, and get those high percentage points. To get, to get yourself to the line, to get them in foul trouble so that they can't guard you as closely, and then maybe you start kicking the ball back out. But you got to go to the post, get Kevin Love out of the post, let him stay on the perimeter. You go there, be a playmaker from the post, something, because y'all didn't change. It was LeBron dribbled the ball up the court and dish. And I know George Hill got hurt with that screen in the back, but you got to adapt. You got to adapt when you're that talented. If it was anybody else, well, if it was – a lower tier player, like say like a Tempta Kumpo, I would expect him to do that. But LeBron, LeBron got to go dominate. And I know he's trying to save himself for the whole series. But with a team that's beat you three to one in the regular season, and a team that's been together the whole season and has clearly defined roles, I'm not trying to lose one game. You don't have that same group of playoff veterans on your team that has the mentality to bounce back. 
you got guys on your team that may go out their way and try to do too much when you're down and cost you critical moments and critical plays of the game. As that dominant force, you got to take over in that game and be a scorer. You got to put that I'm a Hall of Famer hat on and go take control. And he didn't do that, and they paid the price today. You got you to get those buckets. Like Paul George dropped like 36 or something points today. You, you got to be that. You going if that's what you got to do to get back to the playoffs, I mean to the finals, fam. That's what you got to do, bro. You don't have time. You're getting older. You're gonna need rest. You need those games off. You need to sweep at least one series. You need to sweep to get them boys the fuck out of there and take some time off. But they'll be back at it Wednesday, and I mean LeBron did his thing, but he he should have changed the game plan. Hopefully, for his sake, the rest of his team watches that and picks up on what they fucked up rotation-wise and how they missed those open shots. And I think, personally, you got to bring Tristan Thompson back in, let him play the five, and let Kevin Love be comfortable at the four if you want to win. That's just me, though. What else happened to sports? Oh, the Kawhi Leonard shit. Um, He's out for the rest of the season. I don't know what's going on with him and the Spurs. I think it was kind of some sucker shit that they they put the, the info out there about the meeting they had where he's basically – confronted by other players and I'm asking him why he's not playing and I don't like that Tony Parker said something about his injury being way worse than his and he's back playing that's cool but when somebody's hurt you're not in that person's body you don't know how it's going to affect them and you don't know how it's going to affect them mentally if it's me you got to be honest with yourself Kawhi Leonard is a finals MVP the best player on your team right now how long would you want him on the court playing and him not being right? If you feel like it's your last leg, I understand that, but you should be mature enough and enough of a veteran to not let that shit get out into the media. Because even if you use the media to put pressure on him to come back, what's the relationship like in the locker room? If the relationship is bad in the locker room, it'll probably translate to the court unless you're Kobe Bryant level. So I just think, I feel like that was a bad move, and with that, they may fuck around and move and lose him. And he he is the key to the Spurs' future. Don't get it fucked up. It's not LaMarcus Aldridge. It's not Rudy Gay. It's damn sure ain't Tony Parker manager nobly. It's not Murray. It's not Kyle Anderson. They let go of Jonathan Simmons. The key to the Spurs going forward ain't even Popovich. It's fucking Kawhi Leonard. They need to do whatever they can to make nice with this guy and get him back in the league. Because with him healthy, you're talking about a top three player. Top three in the fucking world. You're talking about a LeBron KD stopper. So you need to do whatever you can in the neck in the near future to get with this guy and get back in his good graces. Because if not, who's to say he won't leave and go somewhere else? Because that's the type of dude they're going to clear, they're going to clear cap for. And that's the type of dude that the Lakers are going to look at. And the Lakers got money to spend. So if it's me, I'm thinking worst case scenario, we lose this guy, he goes to Los Angeles and plays with a bunch of young guys that are going to run that. Matter of fact, a team that swept you this season. A lot of young guys that like to run and gun. They got scores and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram when he's all the way right. They got a point guard who's going to share the ball. And Alonzo Ball, they got Julius Randle crashing the boards and constantly getting double-doubles. And they got a scoring machine at IT if he stays with the team. And and they got more cap room to bring in another superstar and to bring the fucking uh, Lakers back. 
So just imagine if Paul George wants to leave OKC, if LeBron does actually want to leave Cleveland after this and come to the West Coast. Just imagine what can happen. That's all I'm saying. If I'm San Antonio, I'm doing everything in my power to get him back on the roster. You got to smooth that over. You got to go in there. I ain't saying humble, humble yourself, but you got to make sure that you approach that man the right way because clearly he is not like other superstars, NBA players. You got to finesse that, man, and make sure you got that right. Man, I got a lot of basketball for y'all today. Um, So I was looking at some stats, and I was looking at players, and I was thinking about how I was you know, kind of profiling Michael Jordan and everything in the Bulls, and I got to looking at the roster, and the name popped up. A name popped up, and, I'm, and I, as I think about Hall of Fame players who, who I feel may or may not should be, who maybe or may or may not should be in the Hall of Fame. I fucked that all up. But people who I think should be in the Hall of Fame and people who I think should not be in the Hall of Fame, I saw this name popped up, and a lot of young guys won't recognize this name. But you have to put some respect on his name when talking about Ron Harper. Now, if anybody knows... Anything about basketball in the early 2000s and the late 90s, you know who Ron Harper is. So Ron Harper was probably one of the only guys Michael Jordan could guard or one of the only guys that can guard Michael Jordan. Words to my pops, I got the information from him. But he's also from Ohio. So my pops being from Dayton, of course, he knows who that is. Ron Harper, at his early points in the league, as he matured, was averaging like 20-plus points a game. He ended up playing in Cleveland. He played in um, with the Clippers as well. But he got a success after being injured. And he ended up playing for the Chicago Bulls and winning championships there as the point guard and defender. Like, if you go look at those teams, Ron Harper was running the point out there, hooking shit up for Jordan Pippen and being the wing defender. And after that, he went and had a tenure with the Los Angeles Lakers. And he did his thing there. I think he has like five rings in total. And you got to check it out. The, the guy got like four... He got like four rings in five years or four rings. In, he got five rings in six years as a starting point guard. So, I mean, come on, man. He, he ended up stepping in when Kobe was hurting the finals, dropping like 21 points. In my role player Hall of Fame, I'm going to create my own role player Hall of Fame. Ron Harper's in there, man, because you need a linchpin guy like that to hold the team together. Another mature voice in that locker room when shit may not go the way you need it to, but also a guy could step up and play some defense and give you some points. So Ron Harper, man, I just wanted to shed some light on his name because you don't hear people talk about him when they mention old teams and 96 Bulls and all these shit. You never hear his name, but Ron Harper was one of the key components to, them, to the Bulls winning those championships. I just wanted to throw some, throw some light on him, give him a little love real quick for helping my team win. Also, uh, I was reminiscing earlier this week, and I was thinking heavily about basketball, as you can notice from the the subject matter and the tone of this podcast. And I was thinking about the Orlando Magic. Now, I know technically true blue sports fans say you should have one team per league. I'm not like that because for, for some reason, I'll take interest in a particular team, especially like college sports, like college football, because I get on the sticks and play the NCAA whatever year. Me playing with that particular team will, will have me follow them after I've gotten finished playing with them. Because I don't like to get the strong teams. I like to get a bum-ass team and build them up. Anyway, that made me be able to follow multiple teams at one time. You know, you kind of root for them outside of my normal, 
you know, Florida State, USC, me root for those guys. I root for like Northwestern, Eastern Michigan, um, even Fresno State, New Mexico, because I've played the game with them. I like to see them do well. Like ODU as a smaller school, I like to see them do well. I'm kind of the same way in professional sports. Like I'm born in Chicago Heights, so I'm, I was born a Bears fan. The Jaguars came in like, say, 95 to Jacksonville, and I was there for that. So I follow, you know, two football teams. And then you have my father, who is from Ohio. So I kind of track what the Cleveland Browns are doing. And, you know, I root for them. I'm not like a big, big fan, but I root for them. I want to see them do well. And then my wife is a Tampa Bay fan. So I want, and then they got my college quarterback on their squad. So I like to see that Tampa Bay does well. Now, when they play my primary team, the Bears, I'm like, fuck everybody. Or if they play the Jaguars, I'm like, fuck them. But I still kind of, I low-key root for them if I see them playing. And the same is with basketball. Well, it's the same with basketball, I should say. So, like I told you, I'm born in Chicago Heights. So I was a born Bulls fan. My mother made sure I was a Chicago Bulls fan growing up. And then, you know, they had their struggle situation. I remember watching Michael Jordan in the dunk contest. And then, years later, he became the MVP of the finals, you know, three championships. And they got three more. So, I've always watched the Chicago Bulls. And then, because of my girlfriend, now wife, because of her, well, her team, when she was rooting for the Kings, just to be a jerk, I was kind of going for the Lakers in that 2001 series in the conference finals. And since then, I've been a Lakers fan. Like, through thick and thin, I've never switched up my basketball teams. But there's another team in the NBA that I've always had a little love, a little bit of love for. I never really say it, but it's the Orlando Magic. Because as a kid, I, I just remember watching them on the fucking Sunshine Network in Florida. We got all Orlando Magic games. When they wasn't shit else on we wasn't fucking watching Greyhound Racing on the late night. You flip a couple of channels and boom, there you go. You got the Orlando Magic. You got Scott Skiles, ballhead ass, coming up the court, dishing the rock. You had Nick Anderson, um, Dennis Scott, Otis Thorpe played for them for a while, Otis Smith. I mean, Shaq came eventually, but it was cool to have them there in the city where you had no major sports. You always had the Orlando Magic. You had the fucking Atlanta Braves, who I hated, but... As a young kid growing up, even though I was a Bulls fan, I always had love for the Orlando Magic. I like, I like the way their court looked different with like the kind of parquet court. I like their jerseys. You know, at the time that that black, blue, and white, it was like a fresh, clean, and sharp look. I liked everything about it, and the fact that they were kind of local, not really, but more local than any other basketball team around us. So I had a, a lot of love for them growing up, and I think I stopped. I kind of stopped fucking with them when Shaq came because me and my me and my little cousin were arguing about who's better, Shaq and Shaq and Michael Jordan and all that. We would go back and forth, and I kind of was off of them for a little bit, and you know, just out of animosity of me going back and forth with my cousin. And then when T Mac got there, I didn't like how how that shit went because I don't really like T Mac, even though he was getting buckets. I don't really like T Mac, and I was kind of off of them then. And then when Dwight Howard got there, I was, you know, I was with him. You know, I was kind of, okay, that's cool. But I was more focused on my other teams. But now that they're back riding the struggle bus and me, I guess, being homesick, I just, I miss the feeling of being in Florida and being able to, to see their games because I want to see what they're doing. So now I'm back in the spot where I'm kind of trying to, you know, bring that back, that Orlando Magic love back. Because I want them to do well. I want them to win. I feel like they, you know, represent the state well. They just fit so well with, the, you know, Disney and all that. 
And I watched a documentary about them a while, like the Shaq and Penny documentary a while back. And it just made me think back to my childhood and watching them play. And I just remember, like, watching all those games and, like, damn, like, just hoping they did good. But as you move away from a certain area, you know, you forget things. And now that I'm trying to see what they got going on, I'm starting to pay attention more. And I'm liking what they're doing, even though they're losing like a motherfucker right now. Like, I really want to be there when, they, when they're on upswing. Now, don't get it fucked up. I still, when it comes to them playing the Bulls, I hope they get washed. When it comes to them playing the Lakers, I hope they get washed. But that don't mean I'm not rooting for them any other game. So it's like it's like a low-key love story. It's magic, the low-key love story, man. Hopefully they do well. I don't know what's what they got going forward. I know they got a good center. I know they got Jonathan Simmons. I know they got um they got the dude Isaac from Florida State. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I saw him in the summer league and that boy ain't ready. Especially if they want him to play the four. I I I don't see that with his build. And I know it's a stretch forward type of league right now, but I I just don't think he's physically ready. I don't think his game is ready. I want to be wrong. Hopefully over the summer he improves even more. I think he's with the, playing in the G League. I wasn't able to track it too well. But I, their future should be bright. Their future should be bright. If they have done well and they have enough money, they should get a good draft pick because of their record. And they need to attract the right star. They don't necessarily need a superstar, but they need to attract the right star to go there and get them some more notoriety and make other people want to go there. Because Vujovic does his job, but he ain't a star. He's good, but he's not a star. They need some more star power on that team to attract other free agents and then attract more fans to their games because they're not in a big market. So they need all the star power they can get. But I'm rooting for them, man. I hope to see them do well. And we'll see what's what's going to happen with them in the future, bro. My, my hopes are high, unless they play the Bulls and the Lakers. Then they got to take the biggest of L's. And, uh, yeah, that's my Orlando Magic story, man. Real quick, I wanted to get into – I may get into this music thing. Had a little plan. Am I going to abandon this shit? Sorry, it's been kind of long. Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. I talk about music a lot on here, and the one thing I want to I wanna say about it, I'm going to keep it short and simple, is we need balance. I'm all for the I'm all for the, the radio music. That's cool. We need that every now and again. And I just wish there would be more conscious music on the radio from time. And it, it doesn't have to be like underground, I'm black, I'm bliggity, bliggity, black, like. Like um, dead mic. It ain't got to be dead mic. Just something with a little more lyrical content. A little more social awareness I would like to see on the radio. And I understand it's not necessarily what people want to hear. Because I got it. Because I split rap music in basically two categories. You got your riding music, which for me is basically like a club banger, which is like primarily Migos. And what pe- most people would categorize as trap music. And then you got headphone music, which is the music you listen to when it's it's kind of just you. And I think that happened over time because the music you would consider headphone music, they stopped playing on the radio. And I think that killed a lot of exposure for a bunch of different artists. But it is what it is. You know, you got to make your way in this world. But I just wish there was more diversity. 
So even if you're a headphone music guy, don't be afraid to listen to something with a little extra bounce in it. And if you want to listen to club bangers, you know, save you some brain cells and listen to some, some shit with some content in it and some social awareness. Find your balance, man. This hip-hop thing is uh, it's vast. It's deeper than what most people think. There are sub-genres in, inside the genre. So find your balance and make sure that you, that you, that you look for new shit. Be open-minded. Even if they say yeah, yeah, a bunch of times, try to try to get with it, man. Like I may not be able to fuck with Lil Uzi, but I can fuck with Sway Lee. I can't fuck with Lil Yachty, but yeah, I don't know what his opposite is. I can respect what Takeoff does on the song. I guess it would be the the opposite. I don't know. But anyway, man, that that's it for me. It's been a I'm already late getting home, trying to watch Walking Dead like every Sunday. And, sh- and one, one time for my timeline, my Facebook timeline, I don't know if it's me practicing Facebook discipline and not going on after The Walking Dead is aired on the East Coast or if people are just being good about not putting spoilers out there. But I'm going I'm to keep it in good faith and say y'all y'all looking out for the West Coast homies. And uh, I appreciate that, man. Shout out to y'all for not fucking it up on the timeline because I'm damn sure we be watching tonight. But as I say all the time, you know... Uh, one life, one love. Make it better tomorrow than what it was today. Learn something tomorrow that you didn't learn today. And make sure you teach somebody else. And don't forget, I got merch now. So it's on. It's a website called Threatless.com. And I advise you, if you can make up designs to put your shit on there too, because you can create all type of art and just put it on there and sell t-shirts, whatever. No pressure, but if you want something, if you want a t-shirt, a hoodie, something for like a notepad, a coffee mug, is no playing this ride.threatless.com. I'll make sure to put the link in there. And we have t-shirts, hoodies, all with the No Playing This Ride logo on there. I do have a new a new uh, design on there. It's assumed guilty because I think at some point everybody's been accused of being, being guilty in a situation where they're not. But it's assumed guilty, skull and crossbones, assumed guilty in the script below. I think it looks kind of dope. Probably best you get it with the white background because the logo is black. But check it out, man. So there's no playing ride, no playing this ride, the logo, and assume guilties on there because we all been assumed guilty, whether you black, white, Latino, Asian, Arab, especially Arab Muslims right now. God damn. Um, but yeah, it's assume guilty, and it's at no play in this ride. Go and get you some shit and show the people what they should be listening to if they're not listening to it already. Also, if you want to contact me, no playing this ride at gmail.com, all lowercase. There's a no playing this ride Facebook page. And also, I'm on Twitter at NoPlay247, that's capital N, lowercase o, capital P-L-A-Y, NoPlay247. Hit me up on there. I'm trying to learn how to use my Twitter fingers and not use trigger fingers. I'm stuck with y'all. Hit me up. Thanks for the support. I appreciate y'all, man. Have a good week. I can't wait for Monday. I'm going to come through and kick the shit out this next podcast. And let me go to the store and get this milk before my wife fucking kills me. Love y'all. Peace.